narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Alexander. Yeah. yeah, he goes by Ali Akbar just to be provocative. Interesting guy. And where does he come from? Do you know much about <laughs> I, him? I think he came out of Breitbart. Uh, I think he's a Steve Bannon protege uh, okay. and possibly Roger Stone. Yeah. And so he was out there naming before the big event the other day, and I'm just going to try to find the tape here, telling everybody. He's been in with Lucien Wintrich and this whole group. I don't know if you guys remember this sort of Twinks for Trump. Oh, yeah, thing yeah. of 2016 in the campaign. He came out of that whole, the Laura Loomers and the and the Milos. He was in there with those guys that early on. The people who were at that event, both at the rally and at the, at the besieging, were not all these kind of QAnon crazies, right? We've seen the people in the, in the newspaper, the shaman guy who lives with his mom and the guy with, um, with the, with the, you know, the, the, the zip tie handcuffs who lives with his mom and the guy mom. with the big beard caveman guy who lives with his mom, all these tough macho guys who live with their mom. Yeah. I'm not talking about them. Yeah. There were yeah. people that were at this thing that, that are quote unquote normal people. I got, um, I was writing my thing for this morning on prevail and I got a note from a Twitter friend of mine who said, uh, there was a, t a, a video that I was Rex Chapman had shared of this guy with a beard and a police shield talking. And she's like, I know that guy. You know, I was friends with him in high school. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's he was a really nice guy. I don't know what happened. And we're gonna see that. That's gonna be it's a psychological thing that 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 has happened and that is happening. I talked to my mom today, and yesterday I think she she encountered a uh, my mom is a retired school teacher and she ran into a teacher that she knew, and he was telling her, Oh, wait, wait until the, you know, wait until the twentieth, something big's gonna happen and Biden's not gonna be president, Trump's gonna be president. You'll see. And my mom was like slowly walking away, you know, but these are, this is a guy is a retired music teacher in a fucking high school in New Jersey. These aren't all like lunatic fringe people. There were, a, there were a lot of people at that event. There's a yeah. lot of people that have been brainwashed by this and something else I want to talk about. Uh, um, apropos that Flynn clip that you played, Zev, mm -hmm. where Flynn is saying, uh, on a scale of one to 10, I'm going to give it a 10 or whatever the fuck he said. Nice. Um, I, I, I was so horrified looking at his ugly face that I, it was hard for me to listen <laughs> to his words. Um, he's such an ugly person. Uh, this is a prophecy cult, this QAnon thing. And they keep moving the goalposts when certain key events that are supposed to happen don't happen. They keep moving the goalposts, right? Good point. Very good like, point. Pence isn't dead. Mm. He was supposed to be. There's all these things that are supposed to have happened that haven't happened. No and the last thing, <laughs> no one's in Gitmo. Yeah. Rick, Rick Wilson yeah, seems to no be fine unless he's doing his podcast from Gitmo. Is Molly there too? I think they're fine. You know, there's all these, uh, I, uh, JFK Jr. has not returned from the island where he is with Elvis and Marilyn Monroe to save the day of the pedophile, whatever. You know, there's all these things that are, that are basically prophecies that are supposed to have happened that have not happened. And what Flynn is talking about one of them, which is Trump is going to be president for four more years. What happens on the 20th at noon when Biden is sworn in and that is not fucking true. Are people going to snap out of it or are they going to continue to move the goalposts in some other weird way? I don't know what the answer is, 
but we'll it seems it to be these, weird way. yeah, it, it, you know, like the, 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 um, you know, the, one of the founding articles of the faith of Jehovah's witnesses, which was founded in the late 19th century is that the world was going to end in 1918. So when one comes to my door now, I say, I'm not great with math, but I, that was, I think it was over a hundred years ago. We're all still here. So maybe that isn't the thing that you yeah. should be believing in. Maybe the guy that said that was selling you a, a, a you know, bill of goods. It's the same thing here. And yet people still seem to believe it. It's very strange to me. I don't understand the psychology that would make people predict things that then don't happen. And yet people still well, follow along. Okay. It's very strange. It's a cult. So I want to, I want to yeah, connect this to the work that you, I want to connect it to the work that you and I did together, Greg, a, a, a months ago. Okay. So, uh, everyone focuses on grievance and yes, there are grievances that can be exploited and that's where you, that's where you press in, right. Um, uh, to, to start to radicalize. But the other thing, I, I think why this has become there's it, it, this sort of cascading wave, right. This exponential growth to this thing and, you know, school teachers and whatnot is that at the heart of that prophecy stuff is a, an individual who, who is putting themselves forward as saying, I'm a deep state military intelligence officer and I can fill in the secrecy for you, like this, this thing, right? At what we also have that happened was there was this, when Trump became president, people did go, what happened? What was that? There is, there's the weirdness around all of this that is unsettling, even for people who were his supporters. It just, everyone could tell there were big, there's a big secrecy thing that what, that we couldn't see into. There was an opaqueness to this presidency um, and what happened around it that we that the general public wasn't we weren't being told by the news uh the cable news that people just sit back and receive we weren't receiving it right through our through our trusted sources and so they started to look for answers uh, this is another side effect of all of the secrecy around this motherfucker and his real past as in both organized crime and as a confidential informant it, it's a side effect of that and uh, we're going to have to, that needs to come out and be exposed. And I think everyone, Greg and I were talking about this today. I talked about this, you know, months ago. Everyone needs to brace for the fact that this guy's probably going to pull that card out like Felix Sater did and say, yep. well, I'm, I've been in here from the beginning, right? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm really the good guy because I helped take down all the bad guys without a contextual understanding of who and what a money launderer is for organized crime what uh what that means if you are facing your own indictments what kind of offers are made to you by the justice department if you will help them right get the criminals that they're actually after and how you escape your own indictments and your own criminality by cooperating and what that makes you it doesn't make you the good guy it doesn't it doesn't even make you a whistleblower depending on who you are and and then this world behind Donald, the other thing is, again, the misconception of him. It ties This ties in as well as he's just some bungling buffoon. Yes, he's dumb. He's dumb, everybody. He, he's not bright. He's not. But 
in the underworld, if you're from the underworld, you're in there, in that intersection of organized crime and, and intelligence especially. The reason why Rex Tillerson felt like he had to write things on cards for him and draw pictures of him, Rex is talking about that today, and oh God, this guy's so stupid he doesn't understand world affairs. It's not that Donald doesn't understand world affairs or doesn't understand history. It's that he, didn't, he never needed to. It doesn't matter in his world. Mm. He doesn't need any of that knowledge or information in order to make the decisions to advance himself. He just needs to be able to play the cards that he's got in his pocket right. to leverage people, to blackmail people, to threaten people. That's the way the world works for him. So if you're coming and trying to explain statecraft to him, right, of how we should operate, when he knows the thug dictator leader because he laundered that fucker's money, he's not, he doesn't care to listen to any of that. It doesn't matter to him. It's irrelevant to him. Um, and so that's really what's at the core of that. Now, only a stupid person would behave that way. Yes. But cunning, his, his ability to be a cunning survivor ha is, uh, is pretty unmatched, as well oh, yeah. as his kids now at this point. And so underestimate that at our own peril. Keep thinking of him as some floundering buffoon at our own peril. Yeah, he's can't. never needed to learn because it's, he's always had the thugs and the and the blood soaked cards to play to get himself out of trouble. And the dictators around the world that will do his dirty bidding for him whenever he needs it. Um, yes. Let's talk about uh, the Republican Party a little bit more. I think that was fantastic what you just did there in terms of setting up a framework for who he is. But he's also got the Republican Party eating out of his hands, or some people in the Republican yeah. Party. And so we mentioned Ali earlier on. Ali talks about these three Congress people that helped set up this particular um, event on the 6th. One of them is Rep. Uh, Mo Brooks from Alabama. The other one is Rep. Andy Biggs from Arizona. And then Paul Gozar from Arizona yeah. as well. And you'll get updates for January 6th uh, event. And we're working co uh, closely with Congressman Mo Brooks, closely with Congressman Andy Biggs, and uh, closely with um, um, Congressman, obviously, Paul Gosar, my great friend. And so so we're working with members of Congress while other people are trying to showboat. Have you ever thought about why? Is it because we're just lucky? I would submit no. We are great because our ancestors sacrificed their blood, their sweat, their tears, their fortunes, and sometimes their lives. There are people all over the country praying uh -huh. that people will get a backbone. And so, uh, you know, as John Quincy Adams said, the work is ours, the results up to God. So we will keep laboring and working and trying to do everything we can to see that people come to the right conclusion. Because I'm telling you, Emerald, if they do not, it will mean the end of our republic, the I, end of this little experiment, self-government. But if bottom line is, the court is saying, we're not gonna touch this, you have no remedy. Uh, basically, in effect, mm -hmm. the ruling mm -hmm. would be that you gotta go to the streets and be as violent as Antifa and BLM. Well, let I'm me ask you, Congressman Gohmert, I mean, technically the ball is still in the vice president's court. If they care about jobs, they would hold him to account. If he actually cared about people in rural Arizona, I bet he'd be fighting for Social Security, 
for better access to health care. He's not listening to you, and he doesn't have your interests at heart. My name is Tim Gosar. David Gosar. Grace Gosar. Joan Gosar. Gaston Gosar. Jennifer Gosar. Paul Gosar is my brother. My brother. And I endorse Dr. Brill. Dr. Brill wholeheartedly endorse Dr. David Brill. They are, they are. I don't understand. I don't understand how this... <laughs> We have this sort of running gag, LB and I, um, where we're like, this is a simulation and it's starting to crack a little bit. Yeah. That Ali, Ali Alexander guy is a crack at the simulation. I agree like, with why you. Why are a, like, a bunch, all, these, all these white supremacist guys are following what that guy says? It's just, what's, I, it's just funny to me. Yeah, he's an unusual guy. Yeah. And then of course he's, he doesn't he's... seem like he has the charisma to, to, to be doing much of anything. And then I he's seen like naming them on tape. It's almost like it's deliberately naming them on tape. I know he probably wasn't thinking of that, but he was really naming them. They're in he's trouble trying because to of keep it. Himself, he's trying to boost himself up, you know, but but uh, by association. Oh, my great friend. No, you no, know. no. They drive together. They're friends. Oh, really? Oh, no. Oh, wow. Oh, no. They're very good friends. And they would drive cross-country together. And they they're are, great friends. Oh, no, 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 no. Great friends. I, I actually, that's, actually, that's actually accurate. Why are there so many brown people in this white nationalist uh, movement? Does anyone know the answer to that? Because I couldn't believe when I was looking at the crowd. I don't know that there's so many. There were quite a and, few. And I was so surprised. The thing, but there's, there's more than one would hope. Mm. Because it's a brain yeah. thing. It's, a, it's, a brain it's thing, just yeah. about getting into people's brains, you know, yeah. and, uh, and radicalizing their brains. So... We've talked about the GOP being complicit. There's this other woman. Did you follow her? The uh, Rep, Rep Bobert, I think is her name. Oh yeah, Lauren Bobert. I mean, she, she she's awful. Yeah. You know, she, she's, she's the one who's mar married to the guy that was the got arrested for being with the teenager and and uh... exposing himself to a sixteen year old. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that too. Oh, okay. all in, oh yeah. yes. And then Classy. she also she also was the person who um, oops, sorry six, oh, sorry, sorry sorry that was the wrong that was that was wrong <laughs> he loves you. Uh, hold on wait I, I want to write I want to write down that number I, I have to, if you call now you get a my pillow absolutely free <laughs> oh shit and a drink with Kyle Rittenhouse sorry oh god <laughs> that's it that's Some it sorry black rifle coffee uh -huh. coming um, your way. So, LB, why don't you take us through some of this other stuff? We've spoken a lot about the these guys, you know, the uh, the Roger Stones and the uh, Steve Bannons and the Michael Flynn's, all of whom also said these terrible things in the last few weeks in front of the media, um, you know, about being prepared to physically stand in the way or about clean your guns and prepare. This is a Bannon associate. And then the crucible moment said Michael Flynn. And then uh, for Bannon, he said, I'd put heads on, on pikes. He was, was referring to Fauci and Ray, I think. Yeah. Uh, put them at the White House as a warning. I mean, these guys are speaking very violently to their supporters. You, you know right. a lot about their history. And, and it'd be great if you could walk that us through true. that whole thing so we get to understand how uh, they got together and how we got here. Okay. <laughs> well, <School. laughs> uh, I, I think people are pretty clear about Stone. Um, and who and what he is uh, out of the Black Manafort Stone, Richard Nixon era. This is this is a guy, you know, um, and he's been in with these uh, information terrorists. He's been cooking them up. Um, he was close with Chuck Johnson, actually, for quite a while, uh, who, who's pretty dark and, and squirrely. Um, and so when you see him, I think think the Assange you know, all those folks that like to show up and do the free did the free Assange stuff at the embassy and um, 
you know, the, 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 that, the, that cast of fuckaloos. Those are fucketeers, by the mm. way, those three men, right? Leg- legendary um, fucketeers, actually. Flynn, legendary, yeah. yeah. Created the craft, pretty mm. much. Um, uh, Flynn, I, for, by all accounts, are the people who understand Mike Flynn. <laughs> he's just a, he's a loon. Right. Like he is loony, but he has a massive grievance uh, as well. So uh, when you look at this man, think of him as both the uh, provocateur and target of his own provocation, because he was extremely angry with Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration. And this man, along with those other two that were up, is a paid foreign agent. Um, Let's not forget that. So Mm -hmm. and he was uh, he was doing that without disclosing it. Uh, for both Turkey and Russia um, at the, during the campaign, uh, also involved in the transition. Um, and we all kind of, the history of Flynn, I think is clear to everybody see, but don't forget his son, who we actually haven't seen for a little while, mm. but his son was in there with Don Jr. Um, sort of harvesting all of these sort of young operatives for Bannon and Roger Stone out of um, the dredges of wherever Instagram and 4chan intersect <laughs> and Breitbart <laughs> is there. Um, but Bannon is really, in my mind, the one to focus on. Bannon is the one who knows what he's doing in the uh, terrain that neither Flynn nor Stone, I mean, Flynn had a little bit, uh, but Stone was a late comer. You know, Stone is an old school operative, an old school dirty trickster. Steve Bannon in 2005, after Goldman Sachs, went to uh, uh, his stint there, and he was still doing a lot of stuff in Hollywood, but he had a stint as the head of a, uh, of a gaming company out of Hong Kong uh, called ZTE that has some other characters in there that you're, once you get looking at that, you're- I'm, I'm trying to find those slides. I actually think I might have the wrong ones here, but, That's okay. but, keep, but keep going. You've, Don't worry I, about I'll, it. I'll just I'll get through it really quickly. Yeah. But what they did was they pumped in, um, they, they went into the world of gaming, into World of Warcraft with uh, a, a sort of a monetization scam, right? Mm-hmm. But what they were really in there doing, um, what he was in there doing was understanding that gaming community. Uh, who were the people there? Who were the play, who were the players who were online all the time and testing and pushing and playing on um, how to recruit and, and convert into a transaction. Like if you can get someone in gaming to give you money for horseshit, and uh, your little and your little side project here within the world. Of, this was all happening in the forums, right? Now think of that. Think of it as a game thing as much as infiltrating the gaming forums, mm-hmm. uh, much like online forums and 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 online boards. Okay. So there's so a lot of grooming. It's real grooming. It's real grooming. It's real grooming, but it's also pushing, right? Pushing on. Again, I just think of it as pushing on a weak link, right? Just mm. pushing, pushing, pushing on the people in that, the young men in that community, mostly young men, because you want to get the young guys, right? You want to get young men for your mercenary insanity. Right. Um, so to radicalize, that's what, that's the radicalization effort, guys. And if you could get them to pay money and convert money to, get, to actually put cash in, you're actually, you're evoking a transaction. That means that you're, whatever you're saying to them or putting in front of them is working, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, it's an experimentation as much as anything else. So that's 2005, he's learning about all that. Um, then talk about stuff the started to happen. This is a culture war, right? Um, he's not quite, he's not in there with, I don't think, was Breitbart founded yet? I don't think it was founded yet. I think Breitbart okay. came afterwards. Um, 
it came afterwards. So then around 2006, we started to see that something new happened in the anonymous culture. Okay. So this is the other side of the online, you know, the dark web or whatever, but it was just anonymous. Everybody knows anonymous, I hope, where that came from, um, was this, uh, was 4chan and what specifically something called a B room or B board on 4chan where you could anonymously post anything, right? Now, this is the beginning of trolling. And whatever wants, I want you to think about as what trolls are, which if you think of Don Jr. now, everyone gets what a troll is, right? But this was the start of it. And I really did, looking at all of that history, it really does, for me, uh, zero in on this thing called Pools Closed or the Habit Hotel, okay? So this was an op where a swastika, so the gay, they, uh, hackers, people with skill sets that were in the anonymous boards, went in and started making a swastika out of uh, these, in this children's game, out of players in the children's game that had the Afros. So they were literally making an a, a swastika out of Afros in a children's game, and they thought it was the funniest thing ever. And this thing actually went Connecticut, went into the offline world and you started seeing stuff happening around pools where people were posting have a hotel pools closed it was a very uh explosive event it really was in that world so and it made all of a sudden a bunch of people in these a bunch of young men in these primarily in these forums there were women in there they got rid of them with gamergate but a bunch of these young men in these forums feel really comfortable with the hate symbol and when when they got pushed back against it, of uh, put any kind of pushback from society on them about, oh my God, it's a swastika. What are you doing? What are you doing? They would laugh and they said, look at you. You're upset because it's a swastika. It doesn't mean anything. Oh my God. And they felt like they were in control of another person's emotions. Mm -hmm. And that was the first trigger. Okay. So Don Jr. with his book, Trigger, Trigger, everything about triggering the left. This was actually the first trigger event where trolls, people became trolls. That's a big deal. Um, if you look at that culture, to me, it was an inflection point. It really was. All right, what's my next event on oh, there? Sorry, I was <laughs> getting, so interesting, I was no, just carried okay. away. So you're talking about who it founded uh, uh, Breitbart, which is surprising to everybody. Right, because... and then Breitbart gets founded in 2007, and Steve Bannon uh, is, is named as a founder. He's not in this picture, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, that was right around this sort of formulation of Breitbart there. There's Andrew Breitbart and Bibi Netanyahu. And what's Bibi Netanyahu doing there? Hey, guys. <laughs> That's a good question. What's he doing right? there at the founding That's of Breitbart? That's a good question. It is. I mean, well, we all know what his I interests have a, are. I have a feeling that has to do with Arthur Finkelstein, who was a, also a Roy Cohn protege right alongside with Manafort and Stone. And it's not being, you know, Bibi has been a part of the Trump world very actively for the last four years and beyond That's that. Right. Um, and it certainly That's benefited right. from a Trump presidency and also probably benefited from right. some of the propaganda that Breitbart puts out on behalf of Donald Trump. That's right. That's right. I think that's a much deeper dive, but it's just mm. tracking. We're just tracking Bannon mm. right now. Okay, yeah. everybody. Um, so he took over in 2012 with, after Andrew Breitbart uh, died. So he sort of assumed control for that. And then back in the sort of the world that we just looked at that Steve Bannon was really an expert in. Uh, oh, before Cambridge Analytica, we did have right at, or right at the same time as the SEL Cambridge Analytica uh, stuff that was happening 
that Bannon was overseeing on, on Robert Mercer's behalf and involved in, you had Gamergate. Mm. Those two things were happening simultaneously. I don't know much about um, Gamergate. What, what, tell me a little bit about that. Well, Gamergate, uh, Milo Yanapos, uh, another Steve Bannon protege, uh, and a bunch of other people, there's a great, there's a great sort of, there's been a lot of articles on Gamergate, but what it was was this incredible misogynistic, um, I mean, it's, it's just an op, there's no other way to call it, uh, against women gamers. And mm. so it was really the exploitation, if you just sort of pull way back of it, it was how far can we take misogyny in this world and use um, a hatred of women that, that had been fostering and growing in that world and, and Bannon had been in there pushing on that, pushing on that, right? With these young men that, you know, and the incel crew was growing, right? This whole thing was happening to attack women gamers and some, some women in particular, right? And it just exploded around all of this uh, uh, and it became called Gamergate. And it was a, as a way to, to radicalize, continue to radicalize young men around misogyny and hate. So interesting. Um, so this is happening over a long period of time, over 10 years, really. This is a long period of radicalization. It, it really is. It's it's what we're, what we're looking at, the end part of it, but it was growing, growing, growing. This is a culture war. Steve Bannon declared a culture war. He did. He said, you want to change? You want to change a nation? You want to change politics? You got to change the culture. So as Gamergate was going on with his people that he's connected to, um, over in in both Canada and, and in, in Great Britain, this SEL Cambridge Analytica thing was going on where he was getting uh, Facebook profiles, starting to uh, scraping all those people's Facebook data, creating algorithms, putting people into buckets based on whatever their site profile was. Uh, they had something called the dark triad that they came up with, um, matching that over. You know, it's, it's not, this is all happening at the same time, guys. So you look at the military people at the, uh, at the event last week, at the event, at the riots, or whatever you want to call them last week. You know, where did those military people get this interest? Where did they get radicalized? And they were attracted to these games because they were shooting games. You know, they were military games. And they, that's what, you know, young boys would be interested in, in playing. And so they get in there and they're radicalized. They're radicalized. They also have vets for Trump. You had, you had, there's been a, there's been a, it's easy to target the military community um, because there's databases that people can get their hands on and target. And there's Facebook groups. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it, this was, uh, that was uh, low hanging fruit for Bannon um, mm. and, and probably Eric Prince in there with him helping him out on something. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? I don't want to be uh, conspiratorial in a way that I can't back up. Um, yeah. So everything we're, we're putting in front Where of is you Eric guys Prince? is just. I've I feel like Way to sort it. of track the off. Where is Eric Prince? Yeah. Has anyone laid eyes on Eric Prince? Where is he? I don't know. He must be in town. You'd think it's a big operation. Um, so then you've got Robert Mercer uh -huh. and Steve Bannon working together in 2014. These guys right. were partners. Now, Bannon was always a, uh, you know, he worked for the Mercers and he was a protege, really, of Rebecca Mercer and Robert Mercer. And then he got 5% of Cambridge Analytica. And then they started using that to sort of uh, militarize their election operations. Yep. And there's an arch there's a back end architecture to Breitbart that in terms of if you think of like the AP wire, and maybe Greg can speak a little bit, I not to put you on the spot, Greg, because we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but of how, you know, if something's coming across a PR newswire, this is all the tools and architecture behind these things. 
it, anybody can pick up that information. So if you're pushing a semantic or you're pushing a headline out, there's there are tools that are in there in these sites and everything that can be connected to other, have tentacles into other uh, information sites and news sites, if they want to call themselves that, where they can push and play around with semantics and headlines and see what sort of test and see what works, especially if you have tens of millions of Facebook profiles of individuals that you can also push those things down and see. And also if you have your tentacles into the gaming forums and the 4chans of the world. So it's it's not hard to have an operation like this, everybody, and have it be at a scale like that and have it all be automated. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, it's a radicalization machine. How big? Propaganda machine. How big of a scale are we talking? How many thousands of people are involved in this, do you think? Involved in which part? In, involved uh, in, the, in the insurrection right now. Profiled and put into- yeah. Are involved in this radicalized I don't think a lot, I don't think it's a huge number involved in the insurrection in terms of, of planning operation. I think it's a bigger number than, uh, I think it'll surprise people, but it's not, it, it's, uh, it's key, key people and key players that know what they're doing. But in terms of how they're able, their reach, their reach into a radicalized, I don't even want to call it a base. It's just a, a population, a segment of our population through their hate ecosystem, through the infosphere, right? That reach is vast. It's vast. It's why Greg's mom is in the grocery store and there's a high school teacher talking to her about this shit. It's big now. It's going to take a long a time problem. to deprogram this, presumably. It's not something that we can do in a short yeah. amount of time. Well, um, we could just turn Facebook no. off. No. <laughs> that would help a lot. We could get rid of We've been telling people to get rid of Facebook. It is malware. Get rid of it. Right. Get rid of it. And Sheryl Sandberg and Mike, Mark Zuckerberg know all of this. They know all of this. Yeah. They have known they're all making of this billions of dollars off it. They're horrible, horrible human beings. So we've got this thing that's happened, right? We've got this insurrection. It's going to be here for a while, probably, because even if we get past yeah. this election, the um, inauguration next week, and it's all peaceful and wonderful and will be, whatever happens afterwards is still going to be a, di- a divided nation. And there's still got to be potentially the elements of an insurrection. I mean, there's there's just no ways to get a, well, beyond that. Yes and no. The one thing that we have to keep in mind here is that Trump has controlled the federal government for four years. There has been no ability. He has used the bully pulpit effectively for four years now to put out his messaging very effectively on Twitter, although he's not there anymore, um, and, and social media and stuff like that. And it's very hard to counter that when you don't control not only the, the, the um, I don't want to say bully pulpit again, but I will, the bully pulpit of the presidency, but also everything that the presidency controls. I mean, one of the reasons why I think we haven't had the arrests that we want is because Ray is scared he's going to get fired. And, you know, Barr was the attorney general for the last two years and put the uh, kibosh on so many things. Um once Biden is there and once he is president, we are, first of all, we're going to have a functional federal government. We've said this before. The vaccine thing is going to get solved because now we have people that want to solve it instead of people that do not want to solve it, which is a huge advantage. And all it is is, is making sure we have the supply and getting the supply out to where it's supposed to go. So we haven't even mentioned that, yeah. the fact that they did this besieging in the middle I, of a fucking pandemic None of them have masks on. And I understand that they, I, we've talked about this before, too, but the 
the idea I, I get if you're a MAGA guy and you're just a Trumpy and you just you're on your Facebook things and all your friends think the same way you do. I get how you would think that the election was stolen because everybody you know likes Donald Trump. So how could there possibly be more Americans who don't like Donald Trump? Right. I get that. But how the fuck are you stupid enough now, months and months, like a year later after after the, the virus is here? When 400,000 Americans are dead, how can you still think it's a hoax and not wear a mask? What the fuck is wrong with you? So these people did that too. That's another part. And they flew into D.C. and then they flew out. So this is a super spreader yeah. event. In another week, two weeks, we're going to see you know another spike in cases, which is terrible. Mm -hmm. But getting back to the point, Zev, that you were making, when Biden is in charge, we have an attorney general. We have a new attorney general, going to be Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland is not wishy-washy. He's going to go there, and he's he's not he, he didn't leave that job to just sit on his ass and stare out the window. He left. He did it because he thinks there's a crisis here, and he needs to go in there and solve it. So I mm -hmm. expect him to go in and be like, "All right, what do we got? Go arrest them all. Let's get let's get a move on." I don't know Agreed. why. I think states are gonna. Uh, oh, I think states are gonna come in on that too, Greg. Because yes. We oh had, my God, my uh, attorney general. We have some governors right there are so upset and because we were, they were just now, just now they were told there was gonna be supplies of vaccine, and then they're finding out there's no. The Federal Reserve the made promises to all these states about how much they're gonna get, and they're not. It's not. They don't have it. Federal Reserve doesn't have it. They're out. So it it's that crazy. was all a lie and a con as well. And so I think there's going to be – I just want to go back to this other thing too real quick because I just saw a comment. Someone saying Gamergate was 2014. Yes, I know. I'm saying SCL, Cambridge Analytica, and Gamergate were at the exact same time. SCL, Cambridge Analytica was earlier than 2016. People focus on the 2016 because of the campaign. But it started two years before that to build this sort of – uh, radicalization machine this uh, this alt-right <laughs> you know propaganda warfare machine okay um everybody so just tracking all that and then the first time we saw a 4chan meme just to bring that all the way back to the 4chan in the very beginning hit the mainstream was by don jr himself in 2016. i don't know if you guys remember the deplorable meme and then the hillary against the star of david and all the money those were memes out of that original group that that Don Jr. surfaced. And now we know through very good and careful reporting by Luke O'Brien, who's one of the journalists I said to follow, that in 2016, Bannon, Mike Chernovich, and Don Jr. were together plotting and scheming all of this. And it's true that everything we're looking at right now, they've been they've been building. And we, they've built an ecosystem that's been pretty successful. But once they're out of power, it's going to be harder to maintain. The more they're off Twitter and off the main social media outlets, they'll be harder to maintain. We all have to remain, remember that our fellow citizens have been, to some extent, brainwashed. And in some ways, we have to be yeah. forgiving of them while being really tough on the leaders of this group. Because, you know, a lot of people might just be thinking they're doing the right thing for their country. And it's, it's quite possible if you consider all the information they've been getting from all these crazy sources, whether it's um, AONN or Newsmax or or through QAnon or whomever, that, that you could begin to believe that everything that they, they were saying is true. So, you know, one of the things we need to do is try to heal ourselves internally and and reach out and make sure we're not too judgmental about the rest of, of our population. And the thing that we really need to avoid, and we've seen it now for, in firsthand, is this crossover. Because in a hybrid war, 
What they are really looking for is to ignite the population to start a kinetic war without them having to intervene themselves. So if there are foreigners involved, they're trying to spark something that they can just then has its own momentum, its own civil war that can just keep going and going. They can support it from the sides and then keep it going on for years. That is the one thing we need to stop in the next few weeks is keep be mindful of the fact that there are foreigners and other, and other influences that are trying to foment the civil war. And it's not just all happening in front of us. It's not just the people that we're watching uh, you know, doing these ri riots or or marching towards uh, you know the inauguration or anything else that they might be doing. I am a little concerned that some states might be try to be sealed off. I think there's a potential for that. Or some people might try to secede. Stuff like that might still happen. Um, again, I think we've got to be mindful of the fact that we don't want to see a civil war. Um, and anything we can do to prevent it, uh, we should be doing regardless of how upsetting the actions might be. Um, um, yeah. Oh, I was... One more thing. I'm sorry to... Um, just piggybacking on what you were just saying and what I was going to say before, and how has it floated out? It might have just floated out of my brain again. Um, I forget what I was going to say. It's okay. I'm out. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I remember. Sorry. When Biden takes over, there's going to be truth, okay? One yeah. of the problems with the last four years is that we, none of the, we don't know what is reliable information and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And one of the, re the reason people are watching this show right now is because we have spent a great deal of time and effort cultivating and curating what is good and what isn't. And we've made a lot, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, Lord knows. Yes. But I have a pretty good idea now of what's, what's accurate, what isn't, what to believe, who to trust and who not. And I, we shouldn't have to do that. You know, we should have a Walter Cronkite type figure that can go on the news that we can say, hey, what that guy's saying is what actually is happening right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. And the cable news, as usually it's just it's just crossfire all the time where you have the two extremes shouting at each other and there's no news content. It's just, it's, it's stupid. I don't even know why people watch that stuff. That's going to go away a little bit because at least the news coming out of the White House is going to be good. You're going to be able to trust it. It's going to, it's going to square with, certainly in terms of COVID, what's happening with the numbers, what people are seeing in their daily lives, and that will make it, you know, credible right away. And then there are going to be trials. I don't know what's going to happen with this impeachment. There may be an impeachment trial after the 20th, which hopefully there is, and hopefully we do it under Schumer, and we have a, law, a drawn out trial where we have witnesses, and we put these fuckers on the stand under penalty of perjury to talk. And when that stuff is, is you know, it's one thing to for, for Mike Flynn to go on Alex Jones, Alex Jones, Jones and lie, right? But to, he's not going to do it under oath because then he can go to prison. Mm -hmm. So when you have people under oath talking and telling the truth, and you have Biden telling the truth, and you have uh, newscasters now who can uh, and news people who are they don't have to be quite as careful because they they can they can they there are no alternative facts anymore. That mm -hmm. era is is hopefully gone. That's going to help a lot. Most people are in the middle and they just sort of go along and the, the perceptions shift very quickly. So I'm hopeful that these people that have been brainwashed will wake up and be like, oh, wait a minute. What Flynn said was going to happen didn't happen. Biden is president now. And actually, it isn't that bad because now I can go to the fucking diner and have a cup of coffee and have the waitress come and refill my coffee and not have a mask on and worry that I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. That's actually kind of nice. Wow. You know, there's a return to normalcy, which is go which is going to happen this year. And it's going to happen under Biden, not under Trump. 
Absolutely. So you add all that stuff up, and I really do think that um, you know people will be people's minds will be shifted. Not everybody, obviously, but the the people in the middle. And I, I think that's a good thing. To your yeah. point, I think uh, Biden was great tonight. I think that's a good thing. Sorry, go ahead. You, oh, I miss him. I I just want to say I I I think also you know so we've I think Zev did a great job saying you know. Are the mindset to keep everybody in that, of, yeah. you know, we are going to have to unify. We are going to have to heal. Um, we, we are going to have to embrace our fellow citizens who have been radicalized and fell down this hole. Right. And have been in this alternate universe and have a lot of forgiveness and give a lot of space around all that um, and still be vigilant and not get drug into uh, uh, what this sort of these the, the insane operatives, these information terrorists and actual domestic terrorists, white supremacist terrorists want us to be dragged into. No. So that's great. And, and, and Greg saying it's what it's going to be like for us in a few months here. Once this all, once we have Biden and once it all, we get under control. I do think people are worried about, okay, well, what, <laughs> what about from now to January 20th? And I know we're kind of running along here, but I do want to, Greg, you had a, a, a thread that you retweeted um yeah about the martial law thing so maybe even just let everybody know go to your go to yeah Greg's go it's, it's steve laddick who's a, who's a law professor at, at university of texas and basically everyone's afraid of martial law but trump can't just be like turn on the bat signal and be like okay martial law i'm the dictator of everything now fuck you he can't do that martial law by law only the only as i understand it based on the threat of the law professor who actually knows what he's talking about all they are allowed to do is supplement the law enforcement that's already in place. They're not allowed to create, to pull laws out of their ass, right? They can only help uh, enforce laws that are already on the books. So the, the whole idea of it, I think, is scary to people because it doesn't happen that much. Um, but it's not. Well, and they're seeing yeah. the National Guard take over D.C. and like in, in, in the state yeah. capitals. So it's scary can. looking right Governors now. Governors can also right. declare martial law in their own states, which is another it's another scary thing to think about. You know, if they have good reason to, they can declare martial law in their own states. But again, martial law only is the existing law enforced. It's when the troops come in to help law enforcement that's there enforce laws that are already on the books. Like, for example, uh, I think I think he said in the Rodney in the riding in L.A. after Rodney King, they did it right, and it wasn't to you know it wasn't to install. Uh, who was the governor of I, California I at that time? Yeah, Jerry well, Brown, whoever, as, as a yeah. dictator, yeah. it was to make to, to calm the yeah. rioting down. You yeah. know, so that's what it's for. And yeah. I think the best thing we can all do is just kind of stay home anyway, because it's you know again, COVID's stay still inside. happening. Yeah, stay home, stay inside, okay. and stay uh, inside. you know, yeah. There's a, there's another thing. So on the information op side of it, I think I've I think this is what's going on. And and Rudy's like text message oh, combined yeah, with the pillow guy's notes as he was going in that a reporter caught. <sighs> right there, there's a they're mentioning this guy John. I believe that's a guy named John Sullivan who's sort of a fake Antifa guy, um, and his brother is tied in with the Proud Boys. So this is that you know they the Proud Boys help create these scenes where um, they can manifest content. So if they're if they're evoking this guy uh, and this is looks this feels like a Bannon op again. Again, this is why we went through Bannon's history a little bit today on the show, guys. Um, 
it does feel like they're planning, you know, Rudy was like, you know, even calling those congressmen on the day of the vote or the night before the vote on January 5th. Remember, he was calling and he ended up on a reporter, a journalist voicemail saying, thinking he was calling the congressman saying, you got to stick there. I'm going to come up with evidence the next day. Right. That's what this is. They're, They're planning this off with this you know, Sullivan character and the Proud Boys and the, you know, they'll blame it on Antifa. All this stuff was Antifa. And then some Chinese money is somehow going to be involved. It, yeah. I, I'm telling you guys, this is what the is. plan is. Like the, like the Biden laptop shit, like the Ukraine, you know, shit that he tried to do with Parnas and all those guys. This, Rudy's always running these ops. And the fact that that went into the White House today, though, to kind of read, catch Donald up on and read him up on where they were going to take their narrative war now, um, and hopefully uh, get maybe their you know call out their murder squads right to come and create more violence on the Capitol makes me very nervous. So just know that we still these guys are still in the middle of this. This op yeah. is still going on. Um, it's very dangerous. Donald should be removed immediately, immediately, yes. Yes. because he's yes. entertaining. He's still entertaining this shit, which means and he's listening to this and. You know, there are no, there never were adults in the room. Now there, there are, the children have left. The Hope Hicks and, Jer, and Jared Ivanka are out. And so uh, there's no one in the room with this madman, but, um, but Rudy. That's a very bad combination. Very scary thing. Well, the, the, I, this is very quick, but I, I don't want to downplay anything or minimize it because I agree. We're, we're not out of the woods until Biden is president, period. When it, or or Pence, mm-hmm. if, if if we can get rid of Trump before Wednesday, uh, but again, back to the simulation, LB man, yeah. Trump <laughs> simulation. Trump My is trying to plan. Let me just say it out loud it. because it's so fucking batshit. Trump is trying to plan an insurrection with the My Pillow guy. <laughs> yeah, which going to be a pillow fight. Pillow fight. It's great way to solve the problems. Bring him to the pillow for <laughs> Again, I remember remember when Dick Cheney shot the guy in the face and John Stewart just went on and yeah. all he did was say it over and over again for <laughs> half an hour. He was like, the vice president shot another man in the face because he thought he was a in the face. Like a, yeah. yeah. We should just have a pillow and, fight uh, and solve everything. Whatever. He just shot a man in the face. Just the face. Donald is trying to plan yeah, an insurrection with the my pillow guy. Not with Eric Prince. He was it's not like Eric Prince. It was the my uh, pillow and- guy. <laughs> And the guy that he was an informant for for years on the on organized crime. So Rudy's sitting on a powder keg of information that could blow everybody wide open, and he knows it. And he's under investigation. He's a dangerous man right now. Yeah, he is. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.